<laughs> Sorry guys, in the recording you just missed an awesome word, but that's why you have to come to teaching night. <laughs> um, so good. Yeah, so we've just been talking about identity the past two weeks, I think it's been. Just like that we are righteous and that we are sons and daughters and that we are part of God's family. And that's, that has to be, guys, listen to me on this. When you look at yourself, that has to be the very bottom layer of who you are. Mm. Anything else, it will crumble your life. If you don't look in the mirror and go, that's a son, that's a daughter of God, uh, everything else doesn't, doesn't quite match up and it will bring death to you, unfortunately. I mean, actually, fortunately, because <laughs> there's a better identity out there for you and God's leading you to that. Don't try and create your own. Receive the one God paid with the blood of his son for. You know what I mean? Receive, receive your value. <laughs> receive your value. Like, you, you're only as worth as much as someone paid for you, right? Like, if you're a slave and someone paid 500 bucks for you, then you're worth 500 bucks. The next person's worth 1,000, right? You're, they're worth more than you. But if someone paid the blood of the Son of God for you, mm. you like that one, Cherise? <laughs> what, are you, what are you worth? <laughs> okay, is there, okay, yeah. <laughs> is there a possible higher price than that? Like, try and think of something for me. There's nothing. Huh? Biggest mortgage ever. Love it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like, that's... That, that's as high as it gets. That, like, God paid the maximum price for you. That's how valuable, valuable, valuable you are in His eyes. Do you see yourself that way? Because if you don't, then you're not seeing your life how God intends you to see it. He intends you to see your value every single day in every single way. And when you don't, you'll, you'll start striving again. And you'll start trying to work for who you are. Just like that person looking at the sunset. You know what I mean? I'm so, I'm so in love with the idea of me t recording people. I have no idea what I'm talking about because they missed that, but sucked in. Um, <laughs> someone else can explain to you. <laughs> um, it's probably like thousands of people are going to listen to this. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not that popular. <laughs> uh, maybe one day. Millions. Don't sell myself short. I like that. Thank you. I'm worth the blood of the Son of Jesus. I mean, Son of Jesus? That's not right. <laughs> Jesus, Son of God. Um, where was I? Um, <laughs> um, Jesus is king. Yeah, yeah. Let's just stop with that, hey. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, that—that's your value, and and like that's the thing. You got to be really careful that this isn't like your value isn't what you've done or anything you've ever been or done or experienced, because that's works. Like, that's religion, you know what I mean? That's you trying to get your value, you trying to work towards God's favor on your life, rather than accepting and receiving that God has favor over your life, even while you were a sinner, Christ died for you. Mm. Like, while you weren't interested in Him, He's already made His move and made everything sweet. Before you even realize there was a problem, He's like, I've got the answer for you, whenever you're ready. You know what I mean? So don't get caught up in like, oh, I'm so valuable because I, you know, whatever, planted a church and 500 people are coming and 600 got saved last week. Uh, I don't know, the numbers are off, obviously, but... <laughs> uh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, just don't, don't find who you are in anything you've done. Please don't. Not in your job, not in your degree, not in your family life, not in your history, nothing. That's silly. Just... 
Oh, come on. See, actually, we're getting to that. Kathy is prophetic. She's ahead of us. <laughs> it's good. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So we've been covering, covering righteous identity, right? Do you guys understand that you're righteous? Yeah. Hey, guys. Do you guys, do you guys get that you're righteous, that you've been washed of all unrighteousness? And it wasn't just that, you know, God forgave you of your sins. I was reading Psalm 51 today. It's David confessing his sin to God. He's like, God, wash me and put inside of me a clean and pure heart. He didn't just say, forgive me. He didn't just want to have the debt wiped. He goes, I don't want to do this anymore. Ah, I love that. A clean and pure heart. That's what he wanted. That's what God wants in you. The law can never get you to that place. Because you can actually do the law completely successfully with a horrible, evil heart. And you can be super disciplined and just get it and just get it done. And you miss the whole point. Because God was trying to lead you to a savior who's going to give you a clean and pure heart and write the law on your heart. So now you're no longer under any law. You just love people and love sums up the whole law. Because if you just love people, you would never ever break the law. Love people, love God. That's it. It sums up everything. Jesus is king. Wow. Okay. Who's seen the Disney movie Anastasia? Yeah? Um, it's not a Disney movie. Oh, it's not. DreamWorks. <laughs> Riley on the ball tonight. Yeah, you're right. Because it's a different... Um, Riley loves to be right about everything. Yeah. She does. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love it. Maybe because she's been made righteous. Yes, good work. Okay. Save that, Riley. There's a lot of lame jokes going on tonight. <laughs> um, okay, Anastasia. You guys know the story? Who, who's seen it? Just hands up quickly. Like half the people. Okay, I'll explain it to you. There's this, it's Russia, right? It's, I'm pretty sure it's Russia. So here's the setting. Russian royal family, early 1900s. Um, Anastasia is a, is, a little, is a little princess and her family is the royal family of the king and the queen of Russia, right? This bad dude named Rasputin comes in and he like kills everyone. He's a really bad dude. But Anastasia escapes and she gets rescued by someone and then she loses her memory, right? So, and then she gets raised in an orphanage. And so she grows up just thinking that she is just an orphan. But then one day she actually finds out or someone else finds out for her that she's actually royalty, and, but she's grown up with this mindset of, I'm just an orphan. I'm just trying to get to Paris or wherever she's trying to get to. And she has to relearn who she actually is and start living out of that. And at first she can't even receive it because it's so far beyond her. You know what I mean? It's, that's, that's what we're like with Jesus sometimes. It's like, are you kidding me? You call, you call me righteous, holy, blameless. Are you kidding me? You're saying I'm just fully washed, white as snow. I don't feel white as snow, Jesus. Well, maybe it's a bit of a process of coming to actually receive that because that is who you are. You know what I mean? Anastasia had to go through that process of going, you know what? Yeah, that is me. <laughs> I am actually royalty and receiving that identity for herself. She thought she was something else, but she had to relearn it. You've got you to see yourselves as royalty, guys. Peter says you are a royal priesthood. Royal. He didn't have to put the word royal in there, but he did. Royalty. Everywhere you walk. I'm not saying this in a proud, arrogant way either. It's not bad to be royal. You know what I mean? Maybe we have a negative connotation of royalty, like they're just these pompous, proud people, but it doesn't have to be that way. Royalty is just your value and what God's made you to be. Kings and queens. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus is king. Jesus is capital K king, we're lowercase kings. 
King of Kings. Yeah, that's so cool. Queen yeah. King of Kings. That makes so much sense. King of Kings, Lord of Lords. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And bring, that brings you back to Genesis 1 and 2. Kings and rulers over the earth, right? That's how God created us, right? You can't argue that. That's obvious from Genesis 1 and 2. That's how He created us. Andrew's just getting blasted right now. I love it. More Jesus, more. Um, and you guys remember how I told you that story last week about the servant and the son? How the servant was like, you know, just working that guy's family. Then eventually he adopted him and he had to take on a new identity because a new way of relating. That's, that's still like, I want you guys to keep on thinking about that because that is the transformation that you have gone through if you are in Christ. You were a slave 100%. You were enslaved to yourself, your own desires, to the law, to sin, to death, to Satan, to everything. You know what I mean? You couldn't break out of that. No way, no chance. But now you can because who the sun sets free is free indeed. indeed. Did he really have to put indeed in the end there? He could have just said who the sun sets free is free, right? He wants you to just drive it home. Indeed. You don't believe it. That's why, that's why he says stuff like truly, truly. He's like, truly, truly, you're not going to believe this. Truly, truly, I'm saying to you. You know what I mean? And they're usually, when he says truly, truly, like, this is Jesus I'm talking about, by the way. When he says truly, truly, they're usually the most hard sentences to receive. And he knows that. He goes, truly, truly, I said to you before Abraham was, I am. And they picked up stones to stone him in John 8. You know what I mean? Before Abraham was, yeah, I was, I was there. And he doesn't even say that, you know, I was born. He goes, I just existed. I am. The name of God, Yahweh. Mm. Now we're talking. Jesus is king. <sighs> so, I showed you guys last week, right? Freedom from sin, righteous identity changes how you view yourself, right? That's super important. And I'm sure we'll go more into that in, in more detail. But this week is how you relate to others, or at least how others can even relate to you, which is probably just as equally as important. You guys know what I'm saying? So, flip your Bibles open, Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 17. Ephesians 4, 17. All right, Ephesians 4, 17, yeah? 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 Cool. Um, Kathy was already there because she's prophetic. Um, <laughs> Ephesians 4, 17. Now this I say and testify. Thanks, guys. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding. This is who you were, by the way. You were darkened in your understanding before Jesus. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because, why? Because of the ignorance that's in them. They just don't know. They don't know who they are, they don't know who God is, so on and so forth. Due to the hardness of heart. That's key. Please highlight that. They have become... Uh, Ephesians 4, 17. You're right. Verse 19. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality. Please highlight sensuality. That's big. Greedy to practice every kind of impurity. 
But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. This is the main point here. To put off your old self. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. It's literally like you're taking off clothing. That's how he's saying it. Take it off. That's no longer who you are. That's your former way of life. Please take it off. Don't think how you used to think. Think Jesus. Think as a son of God thinks. Jesus. Which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on, here we go, and to put on, oh man, and to put on <laughs> the new self, the new man, to put on the new self, created after what? Are you kidding me? Created after the likeness of who? God. Did I make that up? Is this Nathan quoting Nathan right now? I'm not. I'm quoting Paul, who's quoting Holy Spirit, <laughs> who is God. Created after the likeness of God. So who's like God here? Wow. That's so arrogant, guys. Are you kidding me? You can't say that. God's holy. Are you, you're human. You can't say that. Hey, that's good. That's what I want to hear. Created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Read the Bible slow. <laughs> read it so slow and just read every word and say, what does that word mean? Go look it up in the Greek. Think about the word. Just chill. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Say it a hundred times until you mean it. Until you get it. I'm not even going to preach on that. I just want to read it out. There you go. Um, it's a good word. No, I'll say a couple things. Um, thank you. Um, like I said, you have to actually take it off. Take off your old self. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you've taken it off. That's why he wrote it. So that you would do it. Because he's actually writing to Christians right now. He's writing to churches. You have to actually make a decision. No, that's no longer who I am. And take off your old self. The corrupt desires, alienated, darkening your understanding. And put on the new self. Literally try and think of it as in like I'm taking off this one suit, this old dirty rags that I used to wear and I'm putting on my royal outfit created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That's a thing you have to decide to do. I can't make you do that. You have to do that. Say again. Your old self is dead. Chris Valentin? Is that? The Bible. Oh, it's... Yeah. Yeah, Chris Valentin preaches amazing stuff on that. Absolutely. But yeah, it's... Oh, that's a great sermon. Is your house haunted? Google it. It's amazing. It expands a lot on what I was saying last week. That was still confusing, by the way. Um, See, so you, you can become a Christian. You can get saved and be given your royal gowns and then go hang them up in the wardrobe. You can do that. And you can live every single day of your life in the exact opposite of how you are supposed to live. Because it says there, right? Your old self is corrupt. You can wear corrupted clothes. You can wear corrupted identity the rest of your life if you want to. That's your decision to make. No one's forcing it on you. But God desperately wants you to receive it by faith. No, I am made new. I am made in the, new, in the likeness of God. <laughs> in true righteousness and holiness. I have a new self. I am a new man. I am a new woman. I am a son. I am a daughter. 
I am a king. I am a priest. I am beloved. I am sought after. I am valued. You guys know that there's like science about when you hear negative thoughts, what it produces in your brain. It like starts to kill your brain when you hear negative stuff. Paul writes in Philippians, whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is good, whatever is da 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 da, all these good things. Think about such things. The thoughts going through your head, just one sec, Kathy. Thought think, the thoughts going through your head should be always positive. Yeah. I'm not saying fluffy and lollipops and rainbows. What I'm saying is saturated in the hope of God. Even in like really bad situations where That's someone's good. died or someone's sick or suicide, saturated in the hope of God. This is happening right now, but God, da 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 da. And watch, you just build yourself up. Maybe some of you just like need positive thoughts. Maybe just plug the Bible in and just go. Just let it just wash over you. You know what I mean? I won't keep going. Yeah. I promise to stop after this. But yeah. if, you do, if you are struggling in that area, um, put, put notes up in the in Yes, room. absolutely. Write the positive notes on your bedroom. Use lipstick if you've got a breath bathroom to yourself, but write it on there so that you are reading it and seeing it every day. Mm. Have it next to your wall first thing you wake up. Put it on your ceiling. But all the affirmations from God, if you are seriously struggling with things like that, totally, have totally. those affirmations from God, from yeah. the Bible, up everywhere you can see it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think I told you guys this before. I didn't do exactly that, but I did something similar. I would literally stand in front of the mirror and say, I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. Cool. I'm a son of God. I'm loved by Him. I'm valued by Him. I'm worth the blood of Christ, even though I don't feel that way. I'm a king. I'm a priest. I'm beloved. I'm saved. He loves me. He's in me. Or I'm just saying scripture. And eventually, I stopped saying it. Do you know why? Because I believed it. Yeah. And it became an actual reality. Awesome. Say it. Speak it. Say it. Speak it. Say it. Speak it. Think that way. Think like God. You've been given the mind of Christ. Use it. Don't chuck that in the wardrobe too. Never to be used. Put it on. Think that way. Receive it. Jesus is king. Okay. That's all about yourself, right? Okay, but we're going to get into others tonight. So your, your identity not only changes how you view and relate to yourself, but it also changes how you relate to others. So, flip to Revelation. You're like, are you sure, Nath? It's pretty hectic. I know. Revelation 12, verse 7. This is awesome. I love this passage. Ready? Revelation, last book of the Bible, in case you didn't know that. Revelation 12, 7. Now, war arose in heaven. War arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. See why I love this passage? It's like epic. <laughs> and the dragon and his angels fought back. All you guys who like video games and Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, this is why, because you were created for this war. More Jesus. Verse 8, but he was defeated, hallelujah, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. So my first heading is, your righteous identity affects how you relate to the devil. It's a long sentence, I know, but I couldn't think of a way to make it shorter. <laughs> your righteous identity affects how you relate to the devil. 
Because some of you are getting smashed by a devil right now. And you need this. You need, you need this passage. So, Satan was in heaven along with all his angels. He was a dragon. Unrighteousness was found in him and a war in heaven, broke, in heaven broke out. And he was cast out of heaven down to where? Earth. So now Satan's on the earth. He's a prowling lion looking for those who he can devour. He can't devour everyone, but he can devour some people. So make yourself undevourable by being in Jesus. You can literally be untouchable from him. I'm not even kidding. Jesus' name. All right, verse 10. This is where it gets freaking awesome. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now. Say now. 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 <laughs> now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and, didn't stop there, and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them night Sorry, day and night before our God. That's one of Satan's titles. The accuser. Wow. He will accuse you. You're not righteous. You're not set free. I don't even think you're saved. You literally walk past that person with a crutch and you didn't even go up and pray for them. That's what believers do. That's what Jesus would have done. Are you kidding me? You're not saved. Attack, accuse, attack, accuse. And if you don't protect your mind... By rejoicing in God always, Paul says that's a safeguard for you. Rejoice in God always. It's a safeguard for you. Then you will start to walk out what he's saying to you because eventually you will believe it. Anyone had experience with that? Yeah. Yeah. Eventually the negative thoughts become reality because you start to agree with them. Even just a little one. A little one. What's an example? There's so many. There's so many lies out there. And you guys face them every day. I know it. It sucks. I face them every day. Even today, like I knew it, Monday night, I just get smashed every single week. I'm always just like, Jesus, help me. <laughs> because the enemy just goes after me on Mondays. Anyone else? Does he, have, does he, does he go after anyone else on Mondays because he doesn't want you to come here? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, a few nods. It's good. Because that means this is good, right? He doesn't want you to be here. But you came anyway, so you won the battle. Good on you. <laughs> Celebrate it. Victory. Um, it says, Satan accuses the brothers... The brothers, that's us, the family of God. Satan accuses the family of God night and day. He never stops. No matter how far you're going to get with God, he will always accuse you that you're not there, that God's actually like this. He doesn't love you. That passage doesn't mean that you're actually screwed. This person's going to leave you. You will be alone forever. All these accusations. You guys know what I'm saying? Night and day, night and day. And he's doing it before God as well. Being like, these guys don't love you. No one could love you. You're pathetic. You're this, you're that. He's accusing God. He's accusing us. That's why truth sets you free, right? That's the only way. Because there's lies, lies come at you as the, as the, the weapons, right? <laughs> the attacks, the darts, the arrows. They come at you. They come at you. They're never going to stop, by the way. But you can honestly get to a point where you know truth so well and you're so just like baked in it that... When a lie comes, it's just like, that's laughable. I'm so loved by God. Are you kidding me? And you just ignore the devil completely. You don't even engage with him in a fight. You don't even be like, get out of here, devil. I'm this, I'm that, da, 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 da. You just go, thank you, God, that I am saved, that I'm a son, that I'm a king, that I'm da, 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 da. And you just preach truth to yourself. That'll get you out of so much crap. Just that little sentence there. Just, just do it. Ignore him. 
He's a waste of time. True. All the horrible stuff that's happened in your life is from him, you know that. It's not God. He wants to destroy you. Yeah, it's got real, hey. Um, verse 11. Oh, man. Verse 11 is freaking awesome. Please highlight verse 11. This is my main point from this chapter. Verse 11. And they. Who's they? Are you sure? It's not God and his angels. The brethren. The brethren. Because that's who we were just talking about, right? The brothers. And they. And they have conquered him. Who's him? So the brothers have conquered him. Okay. By. Oh, baby. By the blood of the lamb. By the word of their testimony. For they loved not their own lives, even unto death. That's how they overcame the enemy. And some of you say, why doesn't God just destroy him? Remember, he put man in charge of the earth. And through the authority of one man, you're going to defeat him. All bringing it back to his original creation, right? Man ruling over creation, not creation ruling over man. The only thing above man is creator, God. I'm going to say something, but I can't remember exactly how to say it, but it's just going to come out because Holy Spirit's good, right? Yay. There's this... Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, His plan, His destiny for us was to defeat Satan. And there's actually a word for this. I don't know the word. But there's a word where the original uh, captives now become the ones who bring justice to the cap, the cap doors. I'm screwing up. But you guys get what I'm saying, right? You're originally a captive to, to Satan, right? To, to sin, to death, to hell. It literally says in Ephesians and uh, 2 Peter, I think it is, Jesus went in and set the captives free. Like you, you were in a prison. It actually says that you were in a prison. In a, I think it's Ephesians 4. He set the prisoners free. <laughs> and you're a prisoner to Satan. And now we are the ones who bring justice to him and destroy him and, and overcome him. And he's beat down. Not from like God's miraculous raw attack. It's God working in us, through us, the family of God together, coming to defeat what was trying to kill us. It's a privilege to take on the name of Jesus and then go after the devil. With love. <laughs> with God's ultimate weapon, love, loving people, seeing people set free, love, love wins. Love's amazing. But anyway, I get sidetracked. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, for they love not their own lives even unto death. So they overcome Satan with three things and you're going to do the same in your life because Satan's going to come against you and he's probably against you right now even as I'm speaking to you. There's thoughts, right? Anyone? Thoughts? Yeah? Thoughts to me. Um, the first one, the blood of the lamb. That's how they overcame Satan. Okay, so how do you overcome an accuser by the blood of the lamb? He says to you, you're not saved. You're not righteous. You're not holy. You're not blameless. You're not white as snow like God says you are. And you go, yes, I am. He goes, oh yeah, prove it. The blood of the lamb. The, sac the, the lamb was sacrificed. The one innocent lamb. Jesus. That's, that's who the lamb is, right? Jesus, the sacrificial lamb. By his blood. 
I am set free and you cannot accuse me of not being righteous. He has made me clean and God no longer sees me for my sin. You may, you may have screwed up bad this week. I'm sure some of you did, to be honest. And the battle is belief. Do you actually believe that God still sees you as righteous or is it a little bit like, oh, I'm actually kind of disappointed about that and oh, it gets, it gets blurry and gray. I'm not saying that justifies everything that you did, right? But the blood of the lamb does. Jesus is king. <laughs> What's the next part? And by the word of their testimony. Testimonies. That's why we share testimonies. Do you know why you share testimonies? Because Satan will go, yeah, but that happened back in the Bible. That happened back in the day. That was for Daniel. He was a chosen of God because God put him in the Bible and you know, he showed miraculous signs to get people to draw to him, but he doesn't really do that anymore. My Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So same God back then is the same one today. Right? That's why we share testimonies. I want to know, how is God moving in your lives? What's he doing? Because, okay, how about this, right? You go, you, go, you think about praying for someone who's sick and you go, they're probably not going to get healed. Like, I'm just a guy. Like, I've, I've only seen like a couple people healed and da, da 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 And you start getting really analytical about it. And you forget like even the week before you saw someone healed, right? That's why you bring up the word of your testimony. It's a witnessing of what God has done, right? That's what testimony means, a witness. I saw God do this. I'm an eyewitness of it. <laughs> and you can say, you know what? Christ has actually moved through me before to heal people. I reckon he can do it again right now. And you've overcome those condemning, doubting thoughts as soon as you go up to love on someone. You know what I mean? This is your identity. And all you're doing is just receiving truth. You're just reminding yourself of what God's already said. I'm not saying add anything extra here. I'm just saying stay exactly where God has you. That's why Ephesians 6 says, and when you've done all that you can to do, just stand there. Stand there with the armor of God. He can't touch you. The only way He can touch you is if He gets you to take the armor off, put the old self back on. Oh, maybe I'm not saved. Maybe I did screw up. Maybe I actually went too far. Maybe I did blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. That's unforgivable. Maybe I'm this. Maybe I'm that. Maybe I'm still addicted to porn. Maybe I'm still addicted to drugs. Maybe like, like my marriage is actually a failure. Taking off the armor. Taking off the armor. Taking off the armor. And then you're left standing there and he's just like, aim, arrow, fire. And you just get hit and you're like, oh God, where are you? It's like, bro, are you kidding? He gave you the armor and you took it off. Yeah, wow. The breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, mm -hmm. the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, mm -hmm. the boots of readiness. What's the other one? The, the belt of truth. That's all of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got to have all of it. Otherwise, you've got a weak spot. Truth, righteousness, salvation, sword of the spirit, faith, readiness. Put it on every single day. Don't ever take it off. And what's cool is that there's no armor for behind. So never turn your back. Wow. Otherwise, you're super vulnerable. <laughs> never run away. Stand there. He'll flee. He'll literally flee. I love that it says he flees. It doesn't just say he'll, he'll leave. The devil will flee from you because he's terrified of you when you've got the armor of God on. <laughs> Jesus is king. <laughs> and, the, and this last one. So the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, and the last one, loving not our lives to death. I thought of this story today, right? Put your hand up really quickly if you're like, I'm following Jesus till I die. Cool. That's how many? It's like 30 people. 
Okay, that's really cool because I just bought 30 plane tickets to go to the war zone in Colombia where they're killing Christians right now and the plane leaves in an hour. Let's go. You'll be there tomorrow. So how, how easy is it to go raise my hand? I'll live for Jesus. And then I give you the plane ticket and you're like, actually, I don't know if that's my calling brother. Like I actually feel excuses. You know what I mean? And like, honestly, maybe it's not. <laughs> but maybe for some of you it is. Yeah, man. That's it. And you get, and you get martyrdom. That's the dream. Martyrdom. Oh. If I could be so privileged as to die for Jesus, that's what I want. But when I'm old, not right now. Um, <laughs> Jesus is king. <sighs> so, you overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb, the word of your testimony, and loving not your own life unto death. He can literally, you know if you love your, your own life, uh, sorry, love not your own life unto death, he can literally tempt you with nothing. He can literally tempt you with nothing. You have... You, there's no bait for him to cast at you because you're not hungry. You're fed by God. Wow. Oh, more Jesus. Oh, one time only. Holy Spirit. He's come and he's gone. The anointing is left. No, I can say it again. Um, there's, no, there's no bait for you to bite because you're not hungry for anything of this world. He can't tempt you with anything. Like he throws the idea of porn at you and just like, I'm so, I'm so past that. Are you kidding me? I love Jesus. I love my wife. I'm not looking at porn. That's someone's daughter. And you just pass that. You know what I mean? Loving not your own life unto death. Because the only reason that you would ever look at porn and be addicted to porn and or drugs or alcohol or even food or comfort and TV shows is because it nurtures your flesh. And you have these desires and he takes advantage of that and he smashes you with it. And he gets you in an addictive cycle and you don't know how to break out of it. Well, I'm telling you how to break out of it. You take off the old self and you receive the new self. Yeah. Made after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And He will fill your heart. Trust me. See, this is what I love about God is that He's actually real. See, I would actually hate if I was up here right now preaching this stuff and I hadn't gone through it. If I was like just preaching this theory that I'd regurgitated from someone that I heard from church or this book that I read that sounded right. That to me is so disgusting. I hate that. But do you know what? He has actually, I'm not even, I'm not lying to you. He filled my heart. <laughs> I don't want anything else. Paul says it's literally garbage. Everything else compared to knowing God, compared to knowing Christ. This is real life. I'm not joking. This is reality. Jesus is king. Oh. <laughs> Holy Spirit agrees. <laughs> I wrote this down. Okay. He can no longer tempt us with anything because we live only for Jesus and we are walking dead men with no desire attached to the flesh any longer. I'm going to teach about fasting one day, prayer and fasting. Fasting is amazing. It will literally break your mindset of I feel this way therefore I have to da, 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 da. you've grown up probably every single day having three three meals a day right fasting go because when you're fasting you're so hungry like I fasted today so hungry so tired so just beat down but I'm training myself I don't care how I feel because I know who I am because he said so and I'm not living by feelings and then the flesh and the spirit detach 
and your they're actually already detached, but you start walking in that truth. The soul and the spirit are divided. You know what I mean? Your soul is your, is your, your mind, your will, your emotions. All those things that keep you captive. It's good. <laughs> That's why the Bible talks about the spirit and the flesh so much. It's so important. Because you're going to wake up tomorrow probably not feeling what I'm saying is true. Probably. Like, no one really wakes up going, I just feel so righteous, royal, and like I'm a priesthood today. <laughs> you don't. No one does. Or maybe you do if you just like baked in it every single day, which is the dream. But like, I often wake up and I don't, I, I feel zero reality of God. Zero reality of truth. And you know what I do? Thank you, Jesus. I'm a son. Thank you. I'm your brother that you love me. I just speak it until I believe it. Jesus. Oh, oh, this is a cool story. This is so cool. Okay, by the way, those three things, he's literally powerless against you. He will flee. He will flee. Those three things. What are they? Blood of the lamb, power, power of your testimony of how God's worked, and loving not your own life unto death. That third one is just as important. You have to be a walking dead man to follow Jesus. Like Jesus would zero in on people that came up to him and said, I want to follow you. He goes, you're not ready. Your heart is still grabbing onto this thing. And if it does, you cannot follow me. Imagine if we ran church like that. Because we should. People come up and say, I want to get saved. And we just know in the spirit, you're not willing to lay your life down. You're, you're, getting, you're getting emotionally driven right now to give your life to something you think is right. Go home and say, I give this to you, God. Then come back and talk to me. And our churches would be a quarter of the size maybe. But they'd be filled with the right people. <laughs> Not people like, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I prayed that prayer when I was like 12. I just keep going every now and then, every Christmas, every Easter. That's what happens because we're desperate for converts to keep the buildings up. <laughs> We've got rent to pay, guys. You know what I mean? So I'm not accusing every church like that because they're not. I know people genuinely want to see people saved, which is awesome. But Jesus would turn people away. And one time Jesus preached so hard in John 6 that almost all his followers left him. <laughs> and, he t and you know what he does? He doesn't get offended, doesn't get upset. That's like me preaching at teaching night and you guys just left, never came back. Next week I'm just sitting here by myself. <laughs> Imagine that. That's what Jesus did. He turns to his 12 and he goes, you guys going to leave too? Zero offense. Zero just like, I'm so sad that those left. I think he almost wanted that to happen. Like if you're not fully in, you're not in. And the 12 go, we've left everything for you. And he goes, I tell you the truth. Those who have left everything for me will not, I will not fail to reward you in heaven with so much more, a hundredfold more. Because they left everything for him. They just dropped their nets. They were fishermen. They just dropped their nets one day. Yeah, I'll follow you, Jesus. Just going ham on it. Given everything. That's why they were the 12. Jesus saw that in them. Wow, so many tangents, but they're good, right? Okay, how, how cool is this story? This is from Dan Moller, and I love it. So, Dan Moller, one time. Do you guys know Dan Moller? Some of you guys, look him up. He's amazing. M-O-H-L-E-R. Um, he was called to a ladies Bible study one time because one of the girls was praying and started manifesting an evil spirit. And they freaked out. They had no idea what to do. Two of them ran out the back door immediately and, and just didn't come back. The rest were praying in tongues, like trying to get the, the, the demon out and it wouldn't leave. And so they freaked the frick out, right? <laughs> They called Dan and they were like, I think Dan had not, not even delivered anyone at this point yet. But anyway, they called him. 
he came round and the, anim- the, the demon was speaking through this, through this lady. And as Dan was walking in the door, the evil spirit goes, Oh no, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And Dan heard that and was like, yeah, like he sees Jesus in me. And then it's funny. He tried to cast it out and it wouldn't leave. It would just laugh at, its face, at, at his face. But even, even though he saw Jesus in him and then Holy Spirit, this is off topic, but it's a really cool ending to the story. Holy Spirit gives him this song. Like he just starts listening to God. This demon's not leaving. What do I do? He gives him this song and Dan just starts singing it over this, over this girl. And it ends up being her favorite Christian song. And, the, and she starts to come back to God and the spirit just leaves. And, and he goes, do you know what God was doing there? He wasn't just freeing her. He was winning her back, winning her heart back to him because it was her favorite song. And it left. How cool is that? <laughs> I want that, Jesus. Take me there. But how cool is that? Like the, the, the enemy knows who you are even more than you do. There's this story of Gideon in the Old Testament. He's, he's a judge and, um, and God picks him to do this, to do mighty works in his name. He says, Gideon, tonight we're going to go down to the enemy's tent. And he's like, okay. He goes down and Gideon does not believe in himself. He's just like, where's all the miracles, God? I, I want to see the miracles. He goes down to the enemy's tent and he listens to what, what they're saying. And, the, and the, he hears them talking about Gideon and they're talking about Gideon and God and Israel and all this sort of stuff. And they're terrified of Gideon. And so... God knows who Gideon is. The enemy even knows who Gideon is. And the only person who doesn't know who Gideon is, is Gideon. Does that sound familiar? The enemy knows who you are. The enemy is actually terrified of you. You've got a full-on armor of God. He's terrified of God. Man, I'm preaching to myself right now, seriously. you just got to know who you are because he will flee from you, man. Blood of the Lamb power of your testimony and loving not your own life unto death. He cannot touch you. All right. That's how righteousness changes how, you, how the devil sees you and how you can relate to the devil. Number two, point number two, your righteous identity affects how you relate to others. So just people, Christians, non-Christians. Your righteous identity affects how you relate to others. So God has made you to be in a family and to deeply connect with others. But to never, ever, ever draw identity out of what others think of us. And this is usually where we fall short. Because we walk into the gym and we're so focused on how do I look right now? Do I got the right equipment? Is this guy bigger than me? You know what I mean? Like you're just chasing this this dream of the future you. And you're so discontent with the current you. It's living life through others' eyes. More Jesus. When we care so deeply about what others think of us, we functionally trade in our free sonship to be a slave once again. So you remember how I said that, that story of become, uh, a slave going to become a son? Well, when you start living through the eyes of others and how they validate you and how they justify you and being in a relationship makes me feel special and social status and da 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 When you start doing that, you take off the new self you put on the old self and you go back to scrubbing floors to get paid because you're supposed to rather than you're a son and you belong in the family come have dinner with us you actually reverse the entire process 
and become a slave again. And do you know why you're a slave? It's because this future version of you who you think you're trying to get to is a hard taskmaster whipping you, whipping you. You're not there yet. You're not there yet. You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not skinny enough. You're not this enough. Slave. Do you guys want to be slaves? No? Well then receive who you are now. Today. Don't chase the future version of yourself. Jesus isn't chasing that person or when they get to that point, then I'll have a good relationship with them. Now, today, this moment right here, you are okay and he wants to connect with you now. Not when you get past your stuff, not when you get through your addictions, not when you finally start praying for the sick and seeing some healing. Now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Do you know salvation includes deliverance, healing, being kept safe and sound. It's not just like a free ticket to heaven. It's salvation is all those things. This protection of God, this, this, this shield of God around you. Healed, protected, delivered, kept safe and sound. Jesus is king. Okay, flip open Galatians 3. Galatians 3.23 Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned. Remember I said you are in prison before? Your soul was actually imprisoned <laughs> by the law. Imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God. Say sons of God. Sons of God. You are all sons of God through faith. That's how you receive your identity, guys. I'm just going to keep saying it over and over again. Through faith, receive the word of God. Receive it for yourself. You're not going to feel it, probably. You might, praise God if you do. But if you don't, receive it. You don't live by feelings, you live by faith. For as many of you, verse 27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. It's that same language again, putting on the new self, putting on Christ. Uh, where were we? Yep. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is, neither, um, there is no male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. How beautiful is that? And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring as according to promise. 4 verse 1, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the guardian, sorry, though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of this world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Highlight this next verse, please. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Abba is like daddy, crying daddy. <laughs> so you are no longer a slave, but a son. 
and if a son, then an heir through God. Because God's a king and he owns everything, so you're an heir to, you're an heir to everything. 1 Corinthians 4 says, Jesus is king. So unless we humble ourselves and receive our righteous sonship by faith, we will be forever slaves. Even if you're born again and saved, you'll, you'll still need to put off the old self and put on Christ each day as who you are. That's why Paul says to put on the whole armor of God. It's something you need to decide to do or you'll be naked on the battlefield. Imagine some dude running into war naked. That dude is screwed. No matter how passionate he is, he is screwed. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Here's what I see in our culture for us today, what we use to define ourselves and find our identity in. This is just some of the things. Being in a relationship. We feel validated and justified when we're in a relationship because, oh, finally someone loves me and accepts me for who I am. Don't you realize that God loves you and accepts you for who you are anyway? Why is it so much more important that this person in front of you does that? Well, it's because you don't believe. It's because you don't believe that God actually accepts and loves you. And so you look for validation in other people and you'll even go out Saturday night and get wasted and just hook up with someone who you don't even know just to feel something, just to feel some sort of validation. And it's so, it's so shallow. It's so selling yourself short. You're giving yourself away for, for something such a, such a small price when you're worth the blood of Jesus. Yeah. A cheap sexual encounter is never going to fulfill you, just so you know. It's not. You don't even know who, who each other are in, in that moment. It's a stranger. There's no love there because you're literally just using each other's bodies to get something and to feel validated and... and and feel amazing physical feelings, nurturing the flesh, all the while denying the spirit, denying the spirit, denying the spirit, and walking further and further away from God. Having a boyfriend, having a girlfriend does not define you. You're so much better than that. Even if you're called to be single the rest of your life, receive it with joy, as if God's going to create you for something that's not going to be your fullness of, your fullness of joy as if he would do that. What kind of cruel father would he be if he did that? So very likely if he's given you a desire to be married, you will get married. Just saying. <laughs> Here's another one. Having an amazing body. Having an amazing body. We go after this thing like it's like, especially Northern beaches. Like elsewhere, it's not as strong. Here, it's, I live in freshwater now. Everyone's into fitness. Like there's people doing fitness outside my bedroom window in the morning. I'm like, what is this thing that we're chasing? And no one's ever really just like stoked with themselves. They're always still chasing. Like even the biggest dude is just like, oh yeah, my abs are just not on, on point this week. It's like, are you kidding me? You're huge. You spent five days a week in the gym, two hours each day, and you're not stoked. Like, it's because you're chasing the future. You never actually, you never actually arrive. Because you never, you never know who you are. You're just chasing something, something more. Yeah. You, you're never, you're never going to get there. I, I, went to, I started going to the gym recently, actually. Can you tell? No. <laughs> I started going to the gym. And then on the first day I went to the gym, I heard this personal trainer training someone. And I, and I really love what she said. So this, this lady who's a little bit out of shape, she goes, hey, do you think I'm ready to go and do this? And the personal trainer just kind of pulled her aside and just spoke right at her. And I was like, this is awesome. She goes, hey, you're comparing yourself to other people right now. I want you to compete against you. And I was like, that is awesome. There is so much freedom in that. 
Because you walk into a gym normally, what do you do? Look at everyone else around you and compare yourself. Mm. And you're like, oh my gosh, he's so much skinnier than me. Oh my gosh, he's so much bigger than me. He's so far ahead of me, da 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 da. It's like, but if you just get in front of the mirror and you just compete with yourself, like I've been doing this recently, like I go to the gym, I do the best that I can, and God's like, man, I'm so proud of you, you did so well. And I'm like, thank you. And I just take that and I just start my day like that. And I don't compare myself to anyone else there. Like, almost everyone is bigger than me at the gym. You guys realize that, right? I'm not very big. <laughs> But I'm okay with that because I'm not competing against them. Yeah. A lot of them were born a lot bigger than me, to be honest. <laughs> it's not fair for me to compare myself against them. You know what I mean? But we so chase this like ideal body. And like, I'm just letting you know right now, you're never going to get there. Like go after it. Health is, health is an amazing thing. But how about you just fall in love with who you are right now? Because God's fallen in love with you. Yeah, wow. that's good. That's good. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, social status. Oh man, this is a big one. I posted a photo on Instagram, only got 18 likes, better delete it. <laughs> I posted a status on Facebook, someone commented below and got more likes on their comment than my actual status. Oh damn. <laughs> Who cares? Are you kidding me? That's so stupid. That's so silly. Why do we do this stuff? I'll tell you why, we don't know who we are. If you knew who you are, actually it was so funny, I was hanging out with Ben and Christine this morning. <laughs> this is so stupid. But I, 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 ride, I ride my bike to work, right? And I bought this helmet. It doesn't actually fit my hand properly. <laughs> you guys might have seen their Instagram story. Um, and they were like, it doesn't really fit my head properly, but I just bought it because I was just like, I'm not coming back to the helmet shop anytime soon. So let's just... <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get this helmet and I'll just deal with it. And my wife just makes fun of me every day for it. But like, thank God for my righteous identity. Otherwise, I'd be pretty upset. But <laughs> I rocked up the coffee this morning with Ben and Christine. And they both just immediately laughed at me. It's like, hey. And even Taylor, she said she saw me a few weeks ago. And she was just laughing at my helmet. <laughs> and then Christine goes, hey, can I take a photo of you and your helmet? And I was like, no, you can't do that. And I go, hang on, I'm dead to myself. Yeah, you can do it. And so she filmed, actually, she, she was filming me. I didn't realize, I thought she was taking a photo and I was just standing there like this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like an idiot. But thank you, Jesus, that he set me free from what I, what, like what other people think of me. You know what I mean? I yeah, that's it. You guys saw it? <laughs> I, see, I almost gave in, didn't I? I almost was like, oh, I don't want people to see that. But you know what? Who gives a frick? Yeah. You know what, Nate? Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's a good point, but um, this is awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> rebuke received. <laughs> I'll, I'll go buy a good one in the future. I promise I will. Um, Yeah, it's just, they didn't, none of them fit me. I don't know if I got a big head or something. Like, tell me I'm dead to myself. I can handle it. <laughs> All right, anyway. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, back to Jesus for a second here. Yeah? Back to serious theology, guys. No more laughing. Um, here's another one. Marriage, right? Everyone who's not married is like, I will never get married. I thought that. You guys are laughing because that's what you thought this week, right? I'm just going to be the last single guy. I'm going to be the last single girl amongst all my friends. I can't believe it. 
I'm going to be that person. It's always me. Woe, woe is me. <laughs> usually, and then usually when you speak to people who are married, you're, they're just like, they're actually somewhat missing their single days. So it's like they're never really like stoked wherever they are. They get stoked when they're engaged because they're like, oh, I can't wait to be married. And they get married and it's just like, yeah, it's good, but like I had so much more free time and I was single and you're just never happy. You're just never content. You're just, you're just chasing something that's just not you. Just receive your lot in life and just, just love yourself. <laughs> if we could just love ourselves, we, we would go so far with Jesus, I reckon. He loves us. Why can't we? Totally. Totally. That's it. Oh my gosh. That's so true. Yeah. She's pretty secure in her identity. Sure, sure. But just to seriously, seriously just focus on Jesus. Yes, yes. And marry him in your mind. Yeah, come on. Rather than looking for the person and oh, just really... That's so it. And, um, and God rewarded her way before she ever humanly thought was the, even the right time. Yeah. Because she was so convinced that yeah. when you break up with someone, you need to have this need to have time. time. Yeah. That you're supposed to just release that person from your body because she really, really, really thought he was the one. Yeah. Um, and then, so then when Brad came along, it took her months to get yeah. her head around the fact that this is actually the guy because she almost rejected him. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. For about a second. Make <laughs> <laughs> um, minute engaged. Because she, didn't, she, didn't, um, she didn't think that in, in the man's world that she was supposed to get someone so soon, but yeah. she really, really buried herself in Jesus and focused only on him. Yeah. And God just rewarded her. And, yeah. and you know, when you so were true. saying all these things about marriage and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, feeling, well, I don't think Ellie's going to do that. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's she's awesome. She's so, so happy. And yeah, she's totally. What she, where she is and yeah. what she, she's been given. That's it. But, but I think then, like, that's because she got married because it was her time and she had, like, she sought first the kingdom. She didn't get married out of insecurity. Mm. There's such yeah. a difference. Like, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. that's why, Settlement. with all my heart, to all you beautiful young people who do really want to have a partner, just put your heart completely into Jesus. Yes. Because yeah. I know that he You have to, guys. Partner. You have to. But don't go seeking anything else. In, in many ways, deny all the other things. Yeah. Just focus so much on him. Mm. That's it. If, if you don't learn that before marriage, it will break your marriage apart. Bit by bit, it will. Because you'll marry out of need and then you'll view your partner as someone who's there to meet your needs. Yeah. And that's not right. That's not cool. They won't. They totally won't. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Find yourself in Jesus and you will have an awesome marriage. He will give you, he will give you the awesome person. Yeah, he totally will. Probably someone you won't even really expect. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Wow. So Jesus and I have learned that. Come on. In a relationship, you have to love Jesus more than your partner. You have to. Because anything that's a priority above Jesus is going to wipe out of your life. That's so it. If you give that priority to. That's such a good word. It is. Because yeah, your so natural... That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, if it, unless you can break away from this idea of I'm marrying because like I feel insecure without being married or like I'm marrying so someone can meet my needs and I just need to be loved and I just, I'm this, I'm that. Like you'll be constantly let down. Yeah. Like I've seen it in my own relationship with, with me and Amber. Like we both, part of us when we got married was out of need from the other person. And it really like caused lots of fights because the person has this big expectation of the other person and they're just human. Like they're not God. Like that you're trying to make them be God to you. And they can't do that. That's really unfair actually for you to do that to them. So please don't do that. Yeah. Because no one no one can ever carry that burden. Like imagine, imagine walking home in, in, into marriage, right? And the other person is expecting God to walk through the room. Oh my gosh, I can't live up to that. Like I'm trying to follow Jesus as best I can, but I ain't him. I don't know your heart like he does. I can't fulfill you in every way that he can. I can't do that. But most of us honestly get married out of need or find a relationship out of need. You can't, please don't do that. Mm. It, it will bit by bit break your relationship apart. Mm. And maybe at best, I'm not trying to speak negative here, maybe at best, if that happens, you'll end up at a place where you just tolerate each other rather than have joy every single day, best friendship. That's the goal, best friendship. Because you're both individually getting filled up by God and then when you come to each other, you have zero need to be met. And so all you do is bless the other person. Yeah. Bless, 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 love, 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 love. Build, 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 build each other up. It's so awesome. I, I, I'm gonna, I could speak on three hours of marriage. It's so amazing, guys. It's so amazing. I'll preach on it one day for sure. Can't stop me. But um, yeah, does that make sense? Bit of a tangent, but let's keep moving because I've got some more stuff to get through. Um, Okay, okay. Okay, just flip over the page oh, to Galatians 5. I'm just going to read a couple of verses. Galatians 5. Galatians 5, 1 to 6. For freedom. Say freedom. freedom. Say it again. Freedom. Say it again. Freedom. For freedom. Christ has set us free. No one rejoiced then. That's what? really weird. What? I said, for freedom, Christ has set us free. <laughs> stand firm, therefore. See, stand. Stand. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Don't you dare go back to who you were. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, that's this context of this church, if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. If you start living back in the way that you used to live, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Did I say that or did the Bible say that? No advantage. He could have said he'll be of little advantage, but he said no advantage because you live as a slave. For, uh, verse 3, I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. Please don't fall away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, 
we ourselves eagerly await for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. See, they, they, this church started really, really well in, in Jesus. They actually accepted him. They were like, yeah, Jesus, blood of Christ, all that sort of stuff. And then they also accepted circumcision back into the church, right? I've, I've preached this before, but I'll say it again. They brought back in one law. And that law could be anything modern day context, right? They accepted one law. You need Jesus, right? But you also need to be circumcised because that's, you know, our people's heritage, it's this and that. And the second they did that, they cut off all of Jesus. Because if you add anything to Jesus, you ruin everything. So you could take, change that to anything. Christ plus, oh, I've got to be married. Christ plus, I've got to be doing my own ministry. Christ plus anything. And if you're not okay with that, that anything, you've now created a law for yourself and you're back to being a slave. There is no law. You've been set free from the law. Accept and love yourself for who you are right now today and be a son, be a daughter. Be part of the family of God. You realize you don't have to try to be a son or a daughter, like in the physical, right? You just wake up and you just are. That's how it should be. And until it gets to that point, receive it by faith. All right, let's keep moving. Okay. <sighs> Seeking after validation from anyone or anything will slowly destroy and bring your death, bring death to your, to your whole life. Whereas receiving God's identity for you that's been, brought, that's been bought by the blood of Jesus will bring life and abundance. Anyone here want life and abundance? Yeah, yeah. Then receive the identity purchased for you. Like the Bible says, you are bought with a price. A very, very heavy price. You are bought with that. Receive it for yourself. I'm repeating myself so much, but I hope you guys get it. Okay, I'm going to read a speech to you from a movie. I've not even seen this movie. I just heard this speech in a sermon and I was like, this is freaking awesome. It's from, who's seen Rocky? Yeah. Rocky Five. Anyone seen Rocky Five? Yeah. It's like one of the obviously later ones. Anyone seen it? Yeah. No? One person? Sweet. <laughs> oh, you seen it too, people? <laughs> Sorry, Riley. <laughs> Sorry, Riley. Too close. Um, so what happens is, like, I don't even know the movie. I just saw this one scene on YouTube and I was like, awesome. So Rocky is like Sylvester Stallone. He's like this fighter and he's like retired, but now he's coming back to fighting, right? And his son has now grown up and his son's come to meet him in a bar because his son has a problem with his dad, right? So that's the setting. That's the context. That's the scene. Understand? So his son goes to him. You know, Dad, living with you, it hasn't been easy. People see me, but they think of you. Now with all this going on, as in him coming back to the fight, it's going to be worse than ever. His father goes, it doesn't have to be. The son, sure it does. The father goes, why? You've got a lot going on, kid. The son goes, what, my last name? That's the reason I got a decent job. That's the reason why people deal with me in the first place. Now I start to get a little ahead. I start to get a little something for myself and this happens. Now I'm asking you as a favor not to go through this, okay? This is going to end up bad for you and it's going to end up bad for me. His father goes, you think I'm hurting you? Son goes, yeah, in a way you are. And the father goes, that's the last thing I ever wanted to do. And the son goes, I know that's, what, I know that's not what you want to do, but that's just the way it is. Don't you care what people think? Doesn't, uh, doesn't it bother you that people are making you out to be a joke and that I'll be included in that? Do you think that's right? Do you? And his father says this. It's awesome. You know, you ain't going to believe this, but you used to fit right here. He's holding up his hand. I'd hold you up to say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody I ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching you. 
and every day was like a privilege. Then the time came for you to be your own man and take on the world. And you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. How much... Yeah. What was that? Oh, he was just covering the accent. <laughs> you should do it. I can't do his accent. <laughs> it, but it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how, how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. Mm. But you've got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't going to be where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens, you're my son and you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't going to have a life. That's it. <laughs> See, the world gets this stuff. Hollywood gets this stuff. Self-help books get this stuff. You know how much self-help is just about loving yourself? They're actually onto something there. They're actually, there's actually a lot of progress in that whole movement of self-help and self-love and, and forgiving yourself. There's actual real progress there because they're getting it and the church isn't at large. The church is not receiving itself. It's constantly thinking God hates them. They're never good enough. I'm always trying, but I can never do it. I'm still addicted. I'm still this. I'm still that. Mm. And never just going, I am loved. Almost finished. Such a powerful statement. Even if you stand in front of the mirror and just say that. That's it. That's it. More Jesus. See, we make excuses, just like the son was in that speech, right? Things weren't going well for him, and so what did he do? He started looking for something to blame. And he blamed his dad. Because, oh, I'm always living my dad's shadow, I'm always this, I'm always that, he's out there doing this, and they expect me to live up to this, and I can't do that. Just excuses, just lies. Mm. And his dad saw who he was, and he was like, why don't you just go out there and just do it? Go fight for what you're worth, if you know what you're worth. Just don't make excuses. Don't say I'm this because of this happened to me in my life and I'm a result of, you know, sexual abuse and I'm a result of a broken relationship and I'm a result of like sin being done to me and I'm a result of this and I'm a result of that and I'm sad and I'm down and I'm hurt and I'm broken. No. That's where the devil would love to keep you, keep you pinned down to that lie for the rest of your life and never walking in Jesus representing, it, representing him as an ambassador. You're better than that. You're better than your past. You're better than what you've experienced. You're better than what people have treated you like. You're what God has treated you like. And he crushed his son willingly and honestly, joyfully to get you back. Like every blow that Jesus took, he was just like pleased more and more and more. Because every blow he took, he was closer to getting, getting to you where he could put his spirit inside of you.
finally live through you again, with you again, because he loves you so much. Is everyone all right? Yeah. Yeah? I do have one last thing to say. You guys are keen for that? Because God told me it yesterday, and I'm pretty sure it's for you guys. <laughs> I know I preached for a while, but that's just life. Um, don't flip to it, I'll just, I'll just read it. Just flip into three. And I'm just warning you, I'm about to swear for the, probably the only time that'll ever happen in teaching night, but there's a purpose behind it. So I'm just bracing you for that. Legit. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Um, I won't. <laughs> Check this stuff out. God told me this yesterday because I was just like, I was so just like not okay yesterday. Like I was just like, God, where are you? Just seeking him. Just like, and he just pulled me to this. He's Philippians 3, right? Paul's like, I'm, just, I'm still not there yet. I'm just chasing Jesus. I'm chasing Jesus. I'm chasing Jesus. And he goes, this is awesome. Though I myself, this is Paul, I myself have reasons for confidence in the flesh. I have reasons to be like a pretty good person and social status. Da, 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 da. If anyone thinks he has more reason than me, um, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. That was his track record. But whatever gain I had, all that stuff, all that stuff, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Gets even better. Indeed, I count everything. Say everything. Everything. Or all things. I count all things as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That's what he's going after. I just want to know him. I just want to know who you are. I just want to know you. Just be with you. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Now, the word rubbish, honestly, like people debate over the word rubbish, right? But I've heard it said from different people. It's probably somewhere, honestly, modern day speaking, I'll never say this again. It literally appears once in the Bible. It's somewhere between crap and shit. <laughs> I'm only going to say it once, right? So, but... Um, I say that for a reason though because Paul used it once and you know the context that he used it in? Everything is S compared to knowing Christ. The Bible just said that. Everything is crap. Sorry, that was too loud, Kathy. Luckily I didn't say the other word. Do you hear the point he's driving home here? Everything, everything, everything is crap to knowing Jesus. And he goes, okay. <laughs> In order, wait, wait. He goes, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as crap. In order that I. So the next part that follows this sentence is he considered it crap so that in order that I may gain Christ. You guys want to know how to get more of God, gain Christ, break through into your identity? Consider in your mind, as you're thinking, everything else is crap compared to knowing Jesus. The Bible said that. That's what you have to do. You have to decide to do that. My relationship, crap. 
My marriage, crap. My family, crap. Food, crap. Work, crap. Roller coasters, crap. <laughs> Starting my own business and dominating the world, crap. <laughs> Starting teaching night and having all these people come, crap. Starting a church and having thousands saved, crap. Nath, you took it too far. No, I didn't. No, I honestly didn't because it's about knowing Him. If you're doing it, if you're doing it to get a result, anything outside of knowing Him, crap, 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 crap. <laughs> Do you see the point I'm driving home here? <laughs> it's pretty obvious. <laughs> and be the next verse, and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. No faith, no righteousness. Sorry, guys. No identity. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. I want that. And may share in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. You guys want to break away from the old self? You want to break away from this and that and get into Christ and just live this thing. Just do it. Stop talking and just do it. Mm. Consider everything else crap. Everything else crap. <laughs> it's kind of funny, hey? Because they're not crap. They're actually good things. But compared to Jesus and knowing Him, it's like looking at like dog crap on the ground. That's actually because some some, uh, some translations say dung or like whatever. Literally, it's like he goes, it's poop compared to knowing Jesus. See, if your heart's not like the, the thing that you're going after every single day is knowing him. <laughs> Poo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jesus is king. <laughs> know him. Chase him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. We're done. That's it. That's my last word.